welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome back to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. My name is Jackie Lewis. I'm the clinical nutritionist for BN Healthy. In this week's episode, well, this fortnight's episode, I'm talking with Angelo Andricopoulos, and he's a personal trainer from Brisbane. And he's got his own story, which is what I picked up on. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to go into exercise and talk about what contribution that would make to a patient's life after weight loss surgery or anybody's life. And, you know, how to go about it and how to start and the different forms of exercise we might change. And I guess the significance of having a good personal trainer or exercise physiologist show you how to manage that as well. So welcome, Angelo. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yourself? I'm very well. I'm having short technical issues, but I'm glad you've got some patience <laughs> and persistence. So thank you. And um, yeah, that's well, I'll tell the audience the story. I saw your personal training ad in one of the local Facebook groups and I saw your before and after, which I was really, really impressed by. And I just thought it spoke of the power of firstly mindset and commitment and motivation, but also your skill set as far as a personal trainer goes. Tell me a little bit about your background and how your story began as far as, you know, entering the world of fitness. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I've always been into, I guess, sport and this, but I guess I had the body to show for it. Mm-hmm. So basically, I guess, fast forward to, I guess, like the weight loss part. So pretty much before I was a trainer, I was actually a security guard for about five years. So yeah, I was working at like the bars and clubs and also at the airport for a while. So basically 2015 came along. I um, yeah, lost my job at the airport a week before Christmas and I just didn't know what to do after that. And basically, I had a mate at the time that um, was doing PT. And I said, hey, you know, what's it like being a PT? And he says, oh, you know, it's good, it's challenging and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, oh, cool, I'll give it a go. But of course, you know, at the time, I was probably about 120, 130 kilos. Maybe. Yeah. That's the thing, like, even though I was at that weight, I actually never looked it. So, yeah, because I've always been like that really, like, stocky, I guess, built person. So... So, yeah, I guess that's sort of like the advantage I sort of had with that body weight back then. But basically 2016 came along and I enrolled at the Australian Institute of Fitness at the Valley. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I did my course there for a few months and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. You could definitely tell I was more, I guess, of like a client than a PT because you know, I guess I was sort of like the black sheep of the class because I was yeah. the one that was always standing out because of my weight. But, yeah, look, I mean, I didn't really – let that worry me too much, even though it was pretty intimidating and stuff at times. So, yeah, look, you know, I guess I had fun with all that stuff. So, basically, after I did my course being a, to become a trainer, I was just looking for work at the gyms and everything like that. And I guess, you know, at the time, like, you know, being the, the weight I was and going to interviews and just getting rejected, out, you know, after job interview, after job interview, I was just, you know, getting so frustrated and just built up and, I just didn't know what to do. Like, I'm thinking, okay, yes, I'm a PT, but, like, I don't really look like a PT. So then, basically, I just kept applying for work, you know, thinking something's got to break through. And I was like, come on, like, let's, you know, keep pushing through it. You know, let's make something happen. And, yeah, it just didn't happen for me up in Brisbane. So, 
you know, even though I was training as much as I could at the time and, you know, just trying to, I guess, change the mindset and everything as well. Mm. So actually a year later, so in 2017, I went down to Melbourne because I got family down in Melbourne and I, you know, was looking for work there as a trainer thinking, okay, maybe I can try my luck here in Melbourne. So, yeah, I guess I was sort of getting the same feedback, you know, sorry, not successful, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know, do I have to do it to become a trainer? You know, mm. like it's like, yes, I know I don't look a trainer, but I know exactly, you know, I guess how to help people, even though obviously I wasn't a good example for myself. So yeah. I guess, yeah, it was just one of those things that you just think, well, you know, we need to do something, you know, something needs to happen. So again, 2018 came along and I saw an ad on Gumtree. Funny that because, you know, didn't expect to find anything on Gumtree whatsoever. So I found an ad on Gumtree and it said, you know, looking for healthy, you know, people, weight loss, all that sort of stuff. I was like, okay, cool. And at first I thought it was a job. And then I thought, all right, I'll give this guy a call, you know, see what it's about. I had no idea. So, yeah, I started talking to this guy and he says, you know, look, this is what we do. We help people lose weight, this and that. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good, you know, sign me up. So I signed up to this guy and, yeah, I just started training and, I was, I guess, privileged enough to actually work with Anthony Kudafidis from the Colton oh, Footy Club. Really? Yeah, so actually it's funny that because actually like I've worked with him before when he had like a franchise yeah. back in the early 2000s. So yeah, pretty close with Kuda wow. and everything. Yeah, so we started training together because he was, at the moment, he was actually doing Herbalife yeah. Nutrition. Yeah. So basically, you know, I gave that a go as well and just started training with him and like, listening to his story and I guess seeing like other people getting similar results and everything like that and I thought well you know what at the time I didn't know what it was I thought you know what I'm just going to give it a go see what happens start you know training and everything and started training like crazy and started you know seeing the weight just drop off and I was like wow this is finally happening for me after so long and it's just a, like a massive shock yeah like I found the key like finally like after you know two years of trying to find something that will work I found something that worked and then yeah just, you know stuck with Kuda for a while and he helped me guide along you know through training and everything and also had like another mentor at the time too James that's what his name was so yeah. was listening to the both of them they're saying hey look you know let's do this this and this basically at the time I didn't have any jobs so I had a lot of free time so basically all I was doing was walking laps around the oval and then once I gradually gained that confidence I started to jog then sprint and everything like that Amazing. I was training like crazy to the point where if I advised anyone to do what I did basically I was meeting up with Kuda one night at the fit group that he was running and I actually collapsed on the train going there because my body was so overworked you know just because from training 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 and then 15 minutes later I was training again so yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, so, mindset. yeah, that's it. And that's what it comes down to, it's the mindset. So, yeah. yeah, for me, it was just training, you know, hard. And I initially lost 35 kilos in five months. That's incredible. Um, and then the incredible thing about it was I wasn't even at a gym. I was just literally all at the park. So yeah. I yeah, initially lost 35 kilos in five months and then I sort of took it easy. You know, I was putting on a bit of a muscle and I thought, oh, you know, like I'm getting too heavy now. Like I've lost that speed that I was doing when I was running. And then I was like, all right, cool. Let's start focusing on, you know, the weight loss part again. And so in that one year from 2018 to 2019, that's when I lost the 50 kilos in total. 
And even like the, see, the main part with losing weight is the nutrition mm. that you're feeding yourself. Now, when I was at my biggest weight, I was never a junk food eater or, or never really touched any of that sort of stuff. So I was always eating healthy, but just didn't know when, when to stop. And I guess, you know, the key to that was because at the time I was doing the shift work. So I was always, always just trying to stay awake, you know, trying to have as much stamina I can throughout the day. And so that's why I guess that explains like the gain weight that I was back then, back in 2015. So as I said, a few years later, you know, once I lost that 50 kilos, that's when I started applying for jobs. My confidence, you know, shot through and yeah, yeah I guess the mindset totally changed. And it's like looking back at photos, it's like, where was I really that? you know, that person back then and a photo can tell a thousand words as they say. So um, yeah, well, that's yeah. incredible. And, and what did you find when you went looking for work and finally you're getting all these yeses because of how you look? Yeah. It's great to see that you're getting work, but did it affect you that it's all based on appearance and the stigma around being overweight and how that is, I guess, viewed in society now too? Yeah, definitely. And that's the key, you know, like people, I guess, judge pretty easy. I guess you could say, they're thinking, oh, you know, that's a bigger person, or that's a, they don't know what they're doing, or this and that. But I mean, there's a lot of athletes out there, like, for example, you know, like bodybuilders who aren't exactly like shredded, but they're yeah. bulky, but they still know what they're doing. And I guess that's the thing, too, like, you know, with the weight loss and everything, you know, as I said, like when applying for work and all that as a PT, I was getting so many interviews and, you know, opportunities. And it's like, all right, now it's all happening. And that's the thing, like, you know, it doesn't really matter what, I guess, body weight you're at. If you've got the right mindset and you know what you're doing, that should be enough. But unfortunately, yeah. in this day and age, you know, people look at it as, oh, you know, no, sorry, you're not successful because of your weight or because of the way you look, you know, for whatever appearance that this person may have. And when you see people judge really. When you were going through the interview process, and obviously they would run yeah. through a process of, like, trying to grasp an understanding of, your knowledge on how to be a personal trainer yeah. and that would have stacked up beautifully. Yeah. How did they explain to you? Yeah. Was their explanation that it was about how you appeared or was it not talked about? Probably not so much, to be honest. I mean, but I could tell by their face reaction that it's like they looked at me to say, yeah, not successful whatsoever. So, yeah. and that's what driven me hard, you know, when I was training, like all those times I was training, I was like when I was running and doing, you know, a high-intensity workout. In my head, all along, I was just hearing those, you know, voices of saying, you're not successful, this and that, you know, mm. going from, like, interview to interview. And it's like, you know, that was, I guess, thriving me. Thriving me. So, you know what? Yeah. And that's the fascinating thing is because some people will use those words as another way to kind of nail them downward and yeah. stop you trying again and feel defeated and give up. But there is yeah. another way of using that information as motivation and it That's certainly it. can be uh, that intrinsic motivator that drives you, something that you really want to do and you believe in yourself enough and you know that you've got the knowledge. To push yeah. yourself with using those negatives, I think, is something really a lot of people can take something from because a lot of the time we look at rejection as the end of the road. But yeah. It can be sure. that it's just a little segue really, isn't it? And do you look back yeah. at that as a positive in a way of, that's what drove me to reach out for new knowledge and new people who can show me the way rather than just yeah. live this, I'm not going to be a personal trainer, I keep turning up for interviews and I'm not getting the job. How did that kind of process work for you? Did you, you know, of course you're walking away disappointed, but how do you turn that into something that's driving you like that? 
Yeah, so basically, again, what I was doing is I was every time I was rejected from an interview, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do? Basically, I was thinking of so many different ways of trying to be a successful trainer. It's like, I know what to do. As they say, you practice what you preach. Yeah. And I guess, you know, for me, it was, it was more like, all right, yes, I know I don't have the, you know, like the summer body six-pack thing, but it's not about that. It's about, I guess, with the mindset and, I guess, knowing what you're doing. Mm. Whereas a lot of people, they just feel like, oh, you know, they might get lost or they might give up on their dream. Yeah. And that's the thing for me. Like, I've had a lot of people... I said, oh, you know, PT is not for you. Just try something else, try something else. And it's like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right. But I was just saying that for them to, like, show up in yeah. that sort of way. But yeah. um, I was just like, yeah, cool, cool. And then at the end of the day, I already knew that I wanted to be a PT because I said I've always wanted to play sport when I was younger but never had the opportunity to because of the weight that I was at. So I guess that's what drove me was the fact Amazing. that I guess, like, the failure of going through all those interviews, all those processes, you know, looking at, Myself looking at other people thinking, I get it here, you know, he looks pretty built, you know, pretty solid. And look at me, I'm just like a chubby, stocky yeah. guy. So, but that didn't really scare me away. I was like, well, yeah. he's got the same qualifications as me, or, or she's got the same qualifications as me. So, at the end of the day, I guess, well, in this day and age, all trainers are in different shapes and sizes. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, when you have that, I guess, experience of losing weight and showing your story and telling your story. It gives other people are lost or confused and don't know what to do. That I guess extra motivation and key to say, okay, well, look, if I can do it, he can do it, or yeah. she can do it. You know, so yeah. I was going to say that I think I was a personal trainer back in my twenties, and I think that I was looking at doing fitness modeling and that sort of stuff. So I was in training very hard and working very hard, and I noticed that people were watching my physique transform as I was doing yeah. that and I noticed yeah. that my business grew as a result because you're right they looked at me and went well she must know what she's doing she's you know lean and getting muscular and doing all those things what I was yeah. doing was totally unbalanced I must say it's all consuming it's eggs egg whites and oats for breakfast which how many people are going to do that every day so I think so, what your story does is brings this niche of reality and people who are attracted to train with someone who's real life rather than this incredibly difficult to attain shredded body shaping look, which is not always a healthy body, to be honest. And I think it gives them hope and something to aspire to, which also brings you a niche of real people training for real outcomes and knowing that something's totally possible and that you can take them there because you've been there and you know that feeling of I don't want to train, I'm, you know, I'm heavy or I don't know what to do or I'm lost and it's finding the right people and just keeping up that I need to crack this code. And I think a lot of people, it would be very easy when you're overweight to, you know, think I need to lose weight, I need to go to the gym, which is an absolute fallacy because if you don't enjoy the gym, then you set yourself up for no exercise because there's so many different ways to stay active. And you were saying never set foot in a gym. So it's doable in a way that is comfortable and non-confronting and is a process. It's just about surrounding yourself with the right people and the right tools, I think. And you had two great mentors and you had your own training and specialty in the area. You can imagine lay person. I often think that I'm 
at the end of my 40s now and I walk into the gym, I know what I'm doing, but I still sometimes feel uncomfortable because I'm the, you know, one of the older people now. <laughs> yeah, and I imagine it. for someone who's 40, 50, 60 kilograms overweight to walk into a yeah. gym, it's the most confronting thing I think you could ever do to yourself. So oh, looking sure. at these other ways of finding movement as rewarding and finding ways to incorporate movement and get results is certainly a good way to go. Now, you do that with your training. Tell me a little bit about how a session runs with you. Yeah, so basically with the first session, so the first time ever meeting a client, what I basically do is I sit them down, talk to them through their goals, like why it's important to them because, I mean, it's easy for people to say, yeah, yeah I want to lose 20 kilos. Yeah. That can mean, you know, absolutely anything at all. Whereas it's like, okay, well, why 20? Why is 20 important to you? You know, and you want to get their why. And when it comes to, you know, meeting them, you want to get the client to do most of the talking. Like you don't want to get the trainer to do a lot of the talking because they're not really finding out what they really want. So, yeah, basically what I do is, yeah, basically sit them down, go through their goals, ask, you know, why it's important and all that sort of stuff and Mm -hmm. basically tailor a program that they will be comfortable and confident with training. Because obviously I'm not going to give, you know, a person that's, you know, say 120 kilos an exercise where I say, all right, well, I expect you to run 2Ks in five minutes, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I guess it's you want to tailor a program to their needs, not just, you know, throw them any exercise, but like, okay, well, I want you to do this or want you to do that. It's like, well, you know, that's probably what they don't want to do and they won't find it enjoyable. So basically what I do is sit them down and say, look, this is what the best thing for you to do is this, this and this. And I always ask him, how many times are you looking at training? Because I said, the more you train, the quicker the results. But it also comes down to your mindset mm-hmm. and what you do on your weekly basis. So are you working a lot? Do you have a lot of free time? Like what do you do in your spare time? So I guess it's more like, you know, giving them that confidence knowing that they can achieve it. Because they get going through experiences. Like, you know, I was going through that too. It's like, well, what can I do to, you know, help myself, you know, achieve my goals, you know, mm. so I can finally get out there. So, yeah, that's basically what I do is, you know, the first consultation, I basically just get them to open up, you know, as much as they can and just explain to me, you know, why it's important for them to wanting to change their life now. Because, I mean, you're never too old or too young to do that. It's just the number, as they say. So, I guess, look, at the end of the day, if it's important to someone, they'll definitely do it. Mm. And And when you're reminding them of the why, and I imagine that's what you do is grab their why and then structure the programming around that and then keep reminding them of this is your why. And I think that's important is that front of mind and that's what, you know, meeting with someone and making that commitment does is sets you up to win because, A, you've got to turn up and, B, you know, you've got someone there who's in your corner. They know what you're all about. And they know how to get you there as well. So it's um, just, yeah. I think, keeping those reminders going as well. So tell me a little bit about how do people get started? If you're 160 kilograms, you've never exercised before and you've decided that it's time, what would you be yeah. a recommend? I get this all the time is how do I start so that I'm not, I think weight loss surgery patients in particular are turning their lives upside down as it is. They're learning new habits, they're yep. trying to eat differently, everything has changed. So how do we bring in exercise without upsetting the apple cart too much but building it in as a habit as we go along? Yeah, look, I mean, the best thing to do is just the baby steps, really, like start off with a bit of walking and that's all you do. 
don't do anything too strenuous. I mean, you're not training for the Olympics, you're just doing it for yourself. So, I mean, at the end of the day, just start off, you know, for a person at that sort of weight, just a simple walking around the park, probably try and avoid treadmills because a lot of people may not feel comfortable with walking outside because of, like, the way they look or whatever. I mean, look, treadmills are good too, but you're better off training outside or going outside for a walk because you get to, you know, depending on the time of day, you get that sunlight, you've got the breeze, yeah. you know, you've got the fresh air coming in, which helps them a lot. Whereas, of course, if you're inside, you know, you're just getting that stuffy air, you're not getting much air circulation, which can make a big difference when exercising as well. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's not about going, buying all these gym equipment and, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to buy this thing because I'm going to do this, this and this. It's all about, just, you know, starting off slow, saying, all right, I'm just going to go for a walk, do that for quite some time until I'm confident enough to try other things yeah. as well as with the nutrition part as well. Like that's the most important key is nutrition. Like you can train as much as you want, but at the end of the day, if you're not eating the right foods, then you're not going to get the results that you're going to get. So, yeah, yeah, it's about 80%, isn't it? 80-20 rule. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like everyone goes by the 80-20, but I yeah. have like a personal one of like a 70-20-10. So my one is the 70% nutrition, 20% exercise and 10% is lifestyle. So mm. what I mean by lifestyle is are you a smoker? Are you a drinker? Do you go out a lot? Do you exercise a lot? Like, is that all, I guess, it, I guess it all comes into one because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, if I eat well and I train a lot, then I'll lose weight. It's like, well, it's not always the key because if you're a smoker, if you're a drinker, that all yeah. comes into place too. So, look, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I guess everyone's got their own 100% rule, like if it's, you know, 80, 20 or... Yeah, I like 70-30. That's good, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, because yeah. that is part of it, is looking at ways to immerse yourself in different habits, even if it's instead of going out for dinner and having a drink, I now meet up with my friend and go for a walk. That's the lifestyle That's choice. It. And they're proving now with more research that, you know, large, intense bouts of exercise less effective for weight loss than just having a more active lifestyle. So it's not necessarily those concerted, concentrated efforts and sessions. They're great and they bring their own, you know, bone density and all the different health benefits, but also just walking to the bus stop or even just commuting to work rather than driving. That That's not that's much additional movement, but it's just those little bits and pieces that you put in, which is the lifestyle component. Take yeah. the stairs instead of the lift and... It all sounds very cliche in a lot of ways, but they're those incidental activities. And they talk a lot yeah. about our environment now being quite obesogenic, which means it speaks to obesity because we've made life so easy, automated, online shopping, you know, all those sorts of things. It's like, well, if you broke it down and ended up looking for fresh food and going to the supermarket each afternoon to buy what you need for dinner, there's in incidental yeah. movement just in that rather than, the big bulk shop that you do for the two-week overflowing trolley that then can lead us to eat more when we've got a pantry full of food that's ready there for two weeks of a fortnight's family feeding. If you broke it down yeah. into smaller, making fresher food choices, but also breaking it down into more shopping trips, which sounds inconvenient, but it makes you more active on over the course of the week as well. What sort of things should people pay more attention to when it comes to health and fitness? I guess... Well, the most important thing is your health. I mean, we've only got one body, you know, to take care of it. You know, like the best way I look at it, yeah, I expect to my clients is think of yourself as a car. Basically, if you're going to thrash your car, you're going to treat it like crap, 
then it's not going to last you long. Or if you're going to keep pushing it when it's almost needing fuel, then it's not going to go far. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you look at yourself as, okay, I'm eating really good, I'm taking care of myself, that's that same thing as a car. You know, like if you're maintaining it, you're servicing it, you're giving it all the fluids it needs, all the fuel it needs, then it's going to take you a long way, you know. So mm. I guess it's the same with us. Like, you know, we're no different in some sort of way. So, yeah, I guess that's probably the best way to look at it is you've only got one body and take care of it. And I guess it's also the fact that you want to make sure that you're getting, I guess, overall a balance as well yeah. with your life. So, I mean, yes, you know, you do have time, you know, for like screen time or we can all, you know, rest and exercise and lunch and all that sort of stuff too. But I guess it's all like a balance more than anything, like doing, as I say, with food, eat everything in moderation depending on, obviously, what food choices you're making. So it all comes down to the choices mm. that we make. So, And I think being conscious of why am I making, of your why, like why would I make this choice and why am I sticking to this kind of choice? What is it going to bring so, in rather than the quick hit reward, you yeah. know, short-term vision? It's keeping that why, I guess, in the front of mind as well. And, yeah, surrounding yourself with people who quite do that as well. You talked about your bouts of exercise and pushing yourself to the limit. How did you come to moderate those kind of behaviours? Was there something that kind of helped you to balance things out in that way? Yeah, look, I mean, for me, it was just, yeah, making sure that I was doing everything right. Yes, I was pushing myself, but, you know, not to constantly do that every time. Yeah. So, again, it, was, it, it comes down to, like, the balance part, like, yes, exercise, you know, eat rest because those things are really important because people think oh yeah i'll just you know exercise heaps eat good and i won't get much rest whereas the body needs rest to recover like time to recover and i guess yeah for me it was balancing every part of it out to make sure that okay i don't want to get any injuries because if i get an injury then i'll be out for god knows how long and for me yeah it was just more just taking it you know step by step because i mean when i first started I, i didn't start sprinting straight away I just started walking and then once I gained that confidence into jogging and then sprinting and then doing, you know, high intense workouts, that's what it comes down to. You don't get your learners and drive a Ferrari straight away. You know, we all have to start somewhere. So that's, I guess, the best way to look at it is just starting off slow. As I said, going back to the Olympics, you know, you're not training for for that, you're just doing for yourself. Like, you know, you wins the race. That's it, yes. Set that um, expectations high. But don't go too hard too too soon because you don't want to damage yourself. And I've seen a lot of people over the years do that. They get over hyped up, over excited. Yes, I'm joining the gym or I'm starting to exercise. Why buy so many things and I start exercising? And because you know the blood flow is happening and everything like that, they just hurt themselves in the mm-hmm. for a few weeks or months. So yeah, they can, they can use the, you know, start off slowly. Yeah, and so, do it to the point where you're. I think it's about doing things so they add to your day rather than flogging yourself and struggling through the rest of the day because you've just got nothing left and keeping that balance of now I've worked out and I'm sore and I'm tired. That's where the growth happens too is once you've done, it's not necessarily the workout time that you put in. It's the recovery time that you give and the food you eat in that time that is the, the actual panacea i guess to helping you grow and get stronger so the fitness gains and the muscle growth and all that sort of stuff doesn't happen at the gym it happens 
when you're asleep and when you're eating that good food and taking that rest day. So going hard at it every day, a lot of people end up like the the high intensity, you know, the F45s and the HIIT classes and all that sort of stuff. I can see how people get addicted to that. I mean, it gets the dopamine going and it gets all those endorphins gushing as far as like a runner's high goes. And you can see why people thrive on that, but you can see how it's not sustainable. So working out that hard every day, day in, day out, is actually quite a stressor on the body, causes a lot of inflammation and it's asking a lot of the adrenals and that sort of stuff. So it's, again, finding that balance, maybe two of those intense classes a week and building in some yoga or Pilates or something like that that's more restorative. So taking from the body and asking a lot but also giving a bit back as far as food and rest go as well that's it. it's the key takes us a while to get there though doesn't it that's it you train smart not hard so yeah. that's the best way to look at it you know like, I think that's right yeah, that, yeah that's pretty much it like don't go too hard too soon because you're gonna hurt yourself as i said you know slow and steady wins the race so yeah, and particularly after surgery, a lot of people are like, when can I start exercising? Because they're very excited. They're starting this whole new journey and they've yeah. you know, they've come to the point where it's a massive decision and they've stepped into it and they're like, okay, so I'm ready and I'm motivated and when can I start exercising? I'm like, you've just got major abdominal surgery, so put that on hold yeah, for a little while. <laughs> Focus on good food and rest and nutrition and then we'll put you on the, you know, on the rack later on. Yeah. So you're talking about, I guess, nutrition and health and where it all begins why is it so important i guess for an adult who's transforming their lives maybe a mother who's got to the point where they've had their kids and they've you know they've maybe been heavy prior to that then they've had children and they're struggling with their weight and now they're trying to start to make changes what kind of benefit do you think there is for the whole family in that situation where someone's decided to take the reins and change their nutritional choices and that sort of thing what are the benefits for the kids in that situation? Well, definitely. I mean, for the kids, it all starts off when you're a kid, really, as in, like, you know, the food you eat, what you're putting into your body. I mean, of course, you know, as kids, you don't know what you're eating. I get it. But when you get older, then you start to realise, okay, yeah, this tastes good and all that. But because it tastes good doesn't mean it is good. Yeah. You know, and I guess a lot of things today, you know, with kids, they all love their fast food, you know, their sweets and chips. Because I was like that too. I guess that every kid goes through that stage. But then you start realizing, like, for example, like with the parents, because obviously the parents are old enough, you think wise enough to know what they put, what they can keep in their children. And if you're going to give your children, you know, bad foods, then, you know, you're making them suffer. Yeah. And they don't deserve that. They deserve to live a healthy lifestyle, like a healthy life where kids can go out and play, you know, and not get tired or start, you know, complaining that their body's sore or, you know, things like that. Because as a teenager, going from a kid to a teenager, as the body is developing, that's when the body starts to change and you start to notice more things happening. And I guess it all comes down to training a child, I guess, in a way where they will understand what's happening. It's okay to give them, you know, traits and everything like that. But mm. at the end of the day, it all starts off with, training as in you know, teaching them what's good and what's not good yeah from because, young I mean, at the end of the day yeah that's it because i mean at the end of the day when they're old enough they're going to be like oh yeah i'll have this or i'll have that and it's like okay you can but again is it a good thing or is it going to be a bad thing yeah. do you want to change your for the better or do you want to make it worse so gives them yeah, that that's, I guess, understanding and i think i think schools are doing a better job of that now 
than when yeah. maybe I was at school, there was not much talk about food. Now we've yeah. got public health campaigns and that's the stuff coming into schools like Jamie Oliver's done a fantastic intervention and Stephanie Alexander's done the kitchen garden, which teaches yeah. the kids in primary school to grow vegetables and they talk about it all at school and they watch them grow and then they take them home and do something with them. And a lot of that yeah. can come from the kids are coming home and educating the parents on, hey, this is something interesting that we're learning at school. Yeah, it's a sure. very uniting thing, I think, too, isn't it, as far as family goes. When someone decides to change, it is generational behaviours and beliefs and habits. And when someone yeah. starts to step up and change those, it can be game-changing for the next generation because their kids also get some change as well and better habits and that sort of stuff. It's very yeah, powerful. Sure. And I think... That's where parents as overall hold the key is this generational health trajectory of different families. We see it a lot because there's, it is, there are some genetics, of course, that do contribute to obesity, but we also look at the habits and that sort of thing. And you can see that it does create that change in the next generation as well. So it, um, it's certainly one in all in as well. That's it. It all starts from the parents, you know, like, of course, every parent loves their child and, you know, you want the best for them. You don't want to see them struggle, you know, with life and growing up as well. Because, I mean, especially in this day and age, like with social media and with the tech that we've got, you know, it's so easy for kids to go downhill. Yeah. Either with, you know, if it's with your health or, you know, with overall life. I suppose it's probably now more than, more than ever. Yeah. 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 Very easy. Ever. Very easy for sedentary. And kids should be sparkly and new and fresh, shouldn't they? They've, they've not been on the planet long. They should be full of energy. And we used to talk about tiring the kids out. And when your children yeah. are coming home exhausted or they're not participating in things because their body's hurting, it's a real cry for something's not right here. Yeah. This is a quite a new body got a lot of years ahead of it let's see what we can do to kind of work out what's at work and give them the best future i think you can see that if there's not great health and vitality in those younger years i always think about what's ahead like what can we expect in their 50s and 60s it's certainly time for change as well it's been great to talk to you and, and i'll include your contacts in our show notes but your business is brisbane wide basically tell me a little bit about how you work so, yeah, so I work for a company called Get Going. So, basically, we originated in Melbourne and then moved. And we've also got a franchise in Sydney as well. And, yeah, late last year, I was, I guess, privileged enough to, you know, ask work if we could start up here in Brisbane. So, the company's called Get Going Personal Training. We're all mobile trainers. So, we basically go to the client's house or the local park or wherever they like to be trained. And, yeah, you know, we bring all the equipment with us again like all the programs based on their on their actual goals like we're not just going to give you like random you know exercises again and say okay well i expect you to do this so we're pretty new in brisbane so um, we've only got a handful of trainers up here so yeah, of course we're looking to definitely build up a team here and everything and get as much clients as we can so yeah i guess you know and that's another a beneficial thing too is now that as a company like going to people's places or local parks like that's another option for them like they don't have to go to a gym yeah as i said speaking with before as you said like most people you know might be shy or embarrassed to go to a gym because of the way they look and you know put their fitness goals aside where it's like your fitness is the most important thing in life you know yeah, because, I mean, you've got, got access yeah that's it so with our trainers i said we've all got our own equipment that we bring so 
course, you know, the client can use their equipment as well. Like, that's no problem. But I guess, yeah, that's the benefit that we have. Not only do we, you know, work on the training, but I, I also, for my clients, work on the mindset part. Mm. And I also give them, like, a weekly call to see how they're going as well. Because one of the, I guess, a good trainer is giving time and value to your clients. Yeah. So not just saying, oh, hi, and then bye. So, yeah, it's all about, you know, giving time and value to your clients. So, yeah, and checking in. I think that's the key also is how's your week been, what's happened, how have the it. goals that we set transpired and what can we do better next time, not why didn't you do it, but looking that's at, it. you know, for real. And you, I, mean, I imagine the people you're training have families and commitments and work and that sort of stuff, so it's speaking to that yeah, really, sure. um, keeping things front of mind. It'll all be all included in our show notes on the awlspodcast.com. So I think we've summed up how to start, what might stop us, how to prevent injury, and also how to keep your eye on the prize, set your goals, and keep them front of mind and keep focused. And you're certainly a fantastic example of that. So it's a great story. I'm really pleased that you've taken the time out to talk with us. So thank you, Angela. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.